0: Coming up, not just one, but two first ladies in Kansas City this week. And look who's making national news. Plus, we know the pandemic has been tough on schools. But will it now lead to permanent school closures? Also this week, the saga of the mayor, an explosion threat, and an illegal police search. Those stories and the rest of the week's top local news stories straight ahead. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP
1: Kansas City. Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlies Gourley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A., co-trustees. And by viewers like you, thank you.
0: Welcome everyone and thank you for joining us as we dissect the week's most impactful and befuddling local news happenings with the men and women charged with covering those stories. From our NPR affiliate, KCUR News Director Lisa Rodriguez is with us from Channel 9 political reporter Michael Mahoney. From the call newspaper, Eric Wesson is with us. And of course, he's been seen nationally on CBS. We'll be talking about that. And keeping you up to date on KCURFM, Steve Kraske. Joe Biden has not been to Kansas City since he was. WAS ELECTED PRESIDENT BUT HIS WIFE SEEMS TO BE FOND OF OUR CITY FIRST LADY JILL BIDEN WAS IN TOWN THIS WEEK ON WHAT WAS HER SECOND VISIT IN FIVE MONTHS TO BEING GREETED AT THE DOWNTOWN AIRPORT BY GOVERNOR LAURA KELLY AND KANSAS CONGRESSWOMAN SHARICE DAVIDS SHE VISITED EL CENTRO ACADEMY A DUAL LANGUAGE SPANISH ENGLISH PRESCHOOL IN KANSAS CITY KANSAS BIDEN'S VISIT BY THE WAY IS PART OF A NATIONAL SERIES OF CONVERSATIONS WITH LATINO COMMUNITIES DURING HISPANIC HERITAGE MONTH you know, I
1: can't wait to go back and just tell them all of your stories and how inspiring you all are and what you're doing in, in the state of Kansas and in your communities.
0: You know, there are close to 100 cities with larger Hispanic populations. Lisa, why Kansas City, Kansas?
2: You know, Kansas City, Kansas is one of the most diverse um, cities in our metro here. It's It's over a third Latino. And I think additionally... Um, You know, choosing cities in the Midwest, choosing a city right in the middle of the country that had that is so diverse versus um, a city on the coast that may have a larger Latino population does speak to the administration wanting to have a presence here in the middle of the country.
0: I was looking at some extra statistics here, Stephen. That was actually the 34% of the population in Kansas City, Kansas, is Hispanic. That would actually put them 23rd in the country in terms of the proportion of the population that's Hispanic.
3: Well, I think Lisa's right, Nick. Uh, Kansas City, Kansas, is the most diverse uh, city in the entire state of, of Missouri of Kansas at this point, without any question. Having said that, there's always a political uh, component to these kinds of visits. Democrats are desperate to keep Sharice Davids in the U.S. House of Representatives. You have a very evenly split U.S. House right now between D's and R's. They want to keep Sharice Davids out there. She's under extreme threat right now, Nick, because Republicans are going to redistrict the entire state, and the 3rd District is going to take on a more Republican hue. So they're doing some early, advance work to do what they can TO PROP HER UP AND TO ENSURE HER REELECTION
0: I DIDN'T SEE ANY OF THESE PARTICULAR EVENTS ON THE OFFICIAL CALENDAR OF JILL BIDEN MICHAEL MAHONEY BUT WERE THERE ANY PRIVATE CAMPAIGN FUNDRAISING EVENTS FOR LAURA KELLY OR SHERICE DAVIDS WHILE uh, JILL BIDEN WAS HERE THIS WAS
4: A uh, PRETTY SHORT VISIT AND A PRETTY NEWS FREE VISIT AS WELL UH THE FIRST LADY DID HAVE A BRIEF uh, MEETING RIGHT AFTER THE THE uh, CONVERSATION WITH THE UH Uh, small business people and then she did stop by a restaurant in uh, KCK and pick up some chicken mac and cheese and broccoli I think at Foyos but this was pretty much a news-free event that uh, the First Lady Dr. Jill Biden had here but uh, Steve is right There was a political context to
0: it as it relates to Representative Davids. Will charges be filed this week against a Kansas City police officer that conducted an illegal criminal database search on Mayor Quinton Lucas? The Jackson County Prosecutor's Office has not named the officer but confirms that an effort was made to find criminal background information on the mayor and his family. The story is unfolding just as the mayor says he just spent a night standing outside his home with his new wife and baby while firefighters checked out an explosion threat. First of all, Eric Wesson, do we know what the police officer was actually looking for
5: no they've uh from any from what i've seen no uh doesn't know the motive behind it it did come along around the same time that they were doing the uh, reallocation of funding from the police department it did come around that time but uh, i don't i wasn't aware of anything that they said that was specifically what they were looking for But, you know, if you look at some of the posts and comments on the mayor's Facebook page and Instagram when he makes a comment, it's not surprising that that kind of behavior and conduct is taking place.
0: It's interesting, though, it took this incident for the mayor to reveal that he actually did leave his home in the middle of the night because he had an explosion threat. Did you know that, Lisa, before that?
2: I don't think that we know that. But as Eric pointed out, there have been... Much, there's been much public discussion. We've seen him get threatening messages on social media, via Twitter, on Facebook. And this is, you know, the mayor um, and mayors before him, you know, they have a security detail. These are, you know, they're just because a public figure may be exposed to threats does not mean that we need to not take them seriously. And certainly he's drawn a lot of attention, a lot of scrutiny. And and I think that there is, it's there is a legitimate fear there on his part.
0: IS HE FEELING MORE OF A THREAT THAN OTHER ELECTED OFFICIALS MORE OF A THREAT THAN HIS PREDECESSOR uh, SLY JAMES STEVE YOU KNOW MAYORS HAVE BEEN TARGETED
3: BEFORE NICK THERE WAS A HIGH PROFILE INCIDENT IN 2013 WHEN MAYOR JAMES WAS GIVING HIS STATE OF THE CITY ADDRESS OVER AT THE GEN THEATER AND A MAN WALKED ON STAGE AND SORT OF UH BEGAN TO TAKE OVER the, THE EVENT AND SECURITY DETAIL RUSHED THE STAGE AND GOT THE MAN OFF THE STAGE AND Then famously, Mayor James was on the plaza a couple of years earlier when shots rang out one night and the security detail had a jump on him. Hey, in this day and age, high-profile jobs like mayors, like governors... You need to have security around because that's the world we live in these days.
0: I want to clarify something, Michael. You know, some news accounts on this story about the police looking into the criminal records of the mayor and his family said this was an unauthorized search. Others said an illegal search. But so what is it? Is it illegal for a police officer to look someone up on a hunch? You know, I'm not sure
4: of the procedure on this, but the police and the the statement from uh, the mayor indicate that clearly this was an unauthorized search. look at his criminal record for whatever reason or his his record in general as the cops have it. And it's an incredibly boneheaded move by whatever cop did this. The the police department needs to treat this quite seriously, especially in light of the environment here in Kansas City, between the cops and City Hall and the mayor. Exactly, Michael. And no question about it, Nick, police department policy prohibits this
3: kind of act for personal use. If it's done in a careless or unethical manner, it it will result in disciplinary action. The policy is very clear.
0: Well, last week, a new billion-dollar concession contract at the new KCI airport and a judge's ruling, as was just mentioned on police funding, dominated our news. But was that the end of the story this week? Was it move on or double down? Last week, the losing bidders on the KCI contract were hinting at filing action to reverse the decision. Did they, Lisa?
2: As, as of this morning, I have not seen any any official legal action, although Michael may be pitching in to, to, <laughs> to counteract. Don't worry about him. The
4: there may be more to the story. I doubt very much though that it's going to be in court and, and the simple reason for this is these companies and, and organizations like this try to win these franchises all over the country and the last thing that uh, uh, any of these organizations want is a reputation for being lawsuit happy when things don't go their, uh, their way. Now there may be other efforts, I think any sort of lawsuit or legal challenge is very unlikely for that reason
2: but this whole process i do think that the city does need to have an honest conversation um, about about how their procurement process works and what parts of that are public and what parts are not because throughout this entire airport process there have been disputes about this process every time someone doesn't get their way. And it has slowed down the government process. It has sucked up a lot of attention. And so I do think that moving forward, once we get past this concession debate, the city needs to set rules, make sure everyone agrees on them have a vote and make that public so that the process is known to everyone and we don't get caught up in these procedural arguments again
0: the airport was getting a lot of attention this week for a different reason hundreds of passengers were left stranded for days after southwest airlines canceled most of its flights city scene kc reporter kevin collison writes enough with the brouhaha over concessions at the new kci i'm starting to think our reliance on southwest airlines may become an issue southwest is the largest market share of any airline at the airport steve kraski One out of every two flights out of Kansas City is on board a Southwest plane. Is that a source of worry for a new airport that is banking on just one airline to do most of the business?
3: Well, Nick, it's a source of worry for yours truly because I'm getting on a Southwest flight a week from now, and I hope the heck I can uh, get to where I'm going. But, yeah, I think, you know, it's probably too early to be panicked over this, but it is definitely a warning shot. Uh, across the bow here about the city's heavy reliance on Southwest Airlines. If something would happen to that relationship, if Southwest were to pull back for whatever set of reasons here, that would have an incredible chilling impact on our
4: new terminal going forward. This airline is having a lot of challenges and um, I'm not sure the aviation department uh, or Kansas City can do anything except sit on the sidelines
0: and hope that they don't get caught up in the uh, collateral damage. We know from US census figures that since the pandemic began, twice as many Americans are now homeschooling their kids, and while the numbers may be fuzzy, we also know mask mandates have prompted local parents to send their kids to private and Catholic schools. Could that help explain why the Kansas City School District has just announced they may have to start closing and consolidating schools? A series of parent meetings has been scheduled for next week to discuss plummeting enrollment. Superintendent Mark Medel says 26 schools don't meet the district's size standards and there are some high WITH FEWER THAN 500 KIDS. EVERYONE LIKES TO BLAME EVERYTHING RIGHT NOW ON COVID. BUT DOES THE DISTRICT'S ENROLLMENT PROBLEMS PREDATE THE VIRUS, LISA?
2: YES. I MEAN, IT'S CERTAINLY, IT'S COVID and the pandemic has had a, a huge impact on, on Kansas City public schools and other urban school districts, especially, and across the state. But Kansas City public schools has been dealing with, with flagging enrollment um, for, for many years. And the proliferation of charter schools in this area as well has certainly not helped that. We've talked about this being a place for, in Kansas City proper, You know, some 14 school districts are in these boundaries. But that, that has been an ongoing problem, and this has been something that the district has been thinking for years about how to address. You know, Smaller high school enrollment has been has been a problem for a long
0: time. Kansas City used to be the biggest school district in our entire metro, with multiple reporters just covering it. Today it's not even in the top five. Olathe, by the way, are number one. But there was an interesting sto- uh, statistic, Eric, in the story about this this week. It says the Kansas City-Missouri school district is about the same now as Independence, yet Independence has three high schools, kansas city missouri has eight it is uh too many for the size of the district but i can't imagine them surely not closing five high schools as a result of these changes
5: well you know uh several years ago we went through a process in a new term called right sizing and i believe that that term is getting ready to come back up again with what they do with the district the bigger question outside of the enrollment and the student attendance is if they do have to close these schools What's going to happen to him?
3: You know, Nick, this train has been coming for a long time. District enrollment down by half over a couple of decades or so to fewer than 15,000 students. One of my reactions to this story was I was a little surprised the district hadn't taken on this challenge even before now, given how tight budgets are, given how tight money is coming out of the state of Missouri. Clearly, this kind of right-sizing attempt is overdue. So why didn't they, Lisa?
2: well (laughs) you know i think the school district has been i think has probably been prioritizing a lot of a lot of other things getting full accreditation trying to get some of that enrollment up trying to get student achievement up that's those are the major issues that they have been focusing on but i want to just mention that you know having high schools and schools with with such small enrollment is not just a problem financially for the district but but it doesn't serve students in the way that they need i think uh, superintendent Bedell made a great point that when a high school only has five, less than 500 people in it you can't have a school band you can't have a school football team a school choir and and all of these All of these extracurriculars that are meant to serve students can't happen when there aren't any kids in your building.
0: Now, before you say, oh, that's Kansas City, Missouri, that's not my school district. But I do see in the state of Kansas this week, the State Department uh, of Education saying there are now 15,000 fewer students in Kansas classrooms than there were before the pandemic. Are school closings going to be in the future for some other school districts in our metro, Michael?
4: You know, I think that the uh, concept of school consolidation, which has been kicked around in particular in the state of Kansas, um, its time may have come. Now to go back to Lisa's really observant point here about High schools, especially in smaller communities, are really important elements of a community, the football team, the band, the choir, all of, all those sorts of things. And there is room, I believe anyway, in Kansas to consolidate some of those central and western school districts. Now, whether or not that happens uh, and whether or not they protect the heritage and the culture of these uh, little uh, uh, school districts, that's the, that's the key uh, on it. But I, I do believe it's coming. There are more kids that are getting homeschooled. There are more kids that are going to parochial or private uh, uh, private schools. And uh, this, uh, this decline in public school enrollment is also fueled in part, in my part, about uh, the ongoing challenge of people uh, uh, thinking whether or not public schools are the place to
0: educate our kids. Uh, That sounds outrageous, but, you know, people didn't think like that 30 years ago. Now they do. But Michael is mentioning that, Steve Kraske, the C word, which is the biggest swear word in the state legislature, isn't it? Consolidation.
3: Yeah. Talk about throwing a political hot potato into our conversation, Mike Mahoney. Uh I mean, You bring up that issue in western and rural Kansas, and you have a fight on your hands that knows no bounds. I mean, that is really an extraordinarily tough question, almost as tough as the issue Eric's pointing out, what do you do with these empty buildings once they're laid vacant? And you know we have a some track record of having some success at filling those buildings, but it's never easy.
0: The case of Kevin please.
3: And
5: one other thing that we haven't touched on is the houseless situation. This week they might be staying with a relative that's in Kansas City public schools. Next week they might be living with relatives that's in Ruskin. Next week they might be in Grandview. So the household situation and the transient uh, method in which families in the urban core are moving
0: um, has a lot to do with these enrollment numbers also. The case of Kevin Strickland is now making national news. If his name is not quite ringing a bell, he's the Missouri man who spent more than 40 years in prison for murder five months after the Jackson County prosecutor announced we made a mistake. He's innocent. Strickland remains in a prison cell. At a time when there are very few in-depth news reports on television, CBS devoted almost seven minutes to the story this week and looked for a well-known weekend Review panelist in the in-depth report. If you missed it, here's a quick recap.
1: It's been 42 years since Kevin Strickland was sent to prison for a crime he says he didn't commit. And this past May, Jackson County Prosecutor Jean Peters-Baker publicly agreed with him. It is important... TO RECOGNIZE WHEN THE SYSTEM HAS MADE WRONGS. AND WHAT WE DID IN THIS CASE WAS WRONG. YET FIVE MONTHS LATER, THE 62-YEAR-OLD IS STILL BEHIND BARS. HOW OLD WERE YOU WHEN YOU WERE FIRST INCARCERATED? ABOUT
5: TO BE 19, in ABOUT THREE MONTHS. AND I'M WONDERING IF I'M GOING TO BE HERE AT 63. WHY? THE DELAYS AND THE ROADBLOCKS THAT ARE BEING PUT UP SEEM TO BE ENDLESS.
1: Roadblocks thrown up by the state's attorney general, Eric Schmidt, who maintains Strickland received a fair trial and is guilty. After a triple homicide in Kansas City in 1978, the only survivor, 20-year-old Cynthia Douglas, identified Strickland as one of the shooters. Douglas later tried to recant her testimony, saying she was mistaken. In 2009, Douglas wrote to the court, the Midwest Innocence Project, and told family and friends, Friends like Eric Wesson, and why did she come here?:
5: Because she knew me, she trusted me, and she kind of wanted to get it off of her conscience.:
1: Did she feel a lot of guilt?:
5: She felt a lot of guilt about it because she always said, "I got this man sitting in prison for something that he didn't do."
0: And that's just an excerpt of that story. Eric, it's interesting, at the very end of that CBS report, Gail King, the uh, anchor there on the desk of the CBS Morning News, says, I hope people in this Missouri see this story, officials see this story, and we can move this to resolution sooner rather than later. Did it make any difference?
5: The interesting thing about this, Nick, is they've had 42 years to investigate this case. And this process has been purely political from them filing to get the case done in the first place. The objections with the attorney general's office,
0: and that's not right. You got a man's life here on, hanging on the line. Well, you said it's political, and the Missouri attorney general had the opportunity in almost seven minutes of uh, video coverage there nationally to make his case, Michael, but he chose not to be interviewed. Yeah, interesting decision by
4: uh, the um, attorney general there, who is, as uh, we all know, running for the United States Senate nomination.
3: You know, Nick, I've made this point yeah. on this show before. and This is maybe the most outrageous political maneuver I Seen in my career covering politics, this continuous stream of objections to this uh, in the Strickland case and not allowing this man to be freed after the prosecutor in the same county who put him in prison is saying he's an innocent man. Something is really wrong here. AND I HOPE Missourians REMEMBER THIS ONE FOR A LONG TIME, BECAUSE THEY NEED TO.
0: BY THE WAY, RAPPER JAY-Z IS MAKING THE HEADLINES AFTER HE GIVES A MILLION DOLLARS TO HELP INVESTIGATE WRONGFUL CONVICTIONS uh, IN Wyandot COUNTY. THE MONEY WILL GO TO THE MIDWEST INNOCENCE PROJECT. I CAN SEE WHY THAT MIGHT BE A PASSION ISSUE FOR HIM, BUT JAY-Z WAS BORN IN BROOKLYN. HE LIVES IN LOS ANGELES. SO WHY WAS HE GIVING MONEY HERE? DOES ANYBODY KNOW? Why not, Nick? I
3: mean, given all the issues in Wyandotte County over the years, 23 years in prison for Lamont McIntyre for a murder he didn't commit. Then you move on to the detective, the rogue detective, Roger Golubsky, who allegedly was having sex with uh, witnesses and uh, defendants in cases. I mean, the county has been on fire for a long time it sticks out nick believe me
0: we got an interesting email this week from one of our viewers lois in kansas city writes i was saddened that the discussion on washington week tonight talked more about donald trump coming back than the policy ramifications of the budget and infrastructure bills why aren't we hearing our local media discuss the impact of the infrastructure bill on kansas city question mark question mark so why aren't we hearing about that michael is that because we don't know what's in there well, no.
4: We, again, I've covered it, for sure. There is money in the infrastructure bill for some Kansas City projects. There's $10 million in there for electric buses for the ATA. There are, there's a million-dollar package in, the, in there uh, to uh, redo an intersection at 167th Street in, in Johnson County. There's bridge money in uh, the 3rd District in Kansas and throughout the state for their uh, uh, bridge uh, that, that need repairs. So it, it's out there, it has been it has been covered.
5: And in addition to that, the Secretary of Housing once included in that some money that Kansas City could use to do some rehab on housing, because we've got a lot of vacant houses that could benefit from that too. I think it's been covered, like Mike said, but maybe it hasn't been covered to the extent that uh, most of your viewers would like it to be covered. I, ju-
0: I just don't like viewers being angry with me, and I want to respond to <laughs> everyone who uh, has a question. Yeah. WHEN YOU PUT A PROGRAM LIKE THIS TOGETHER EVERY WEEK, YOU CAN'T GET TO EVERY STORY GRABBING THE HEADLINES. WHAT WAS THE BIG LOCAL STORY WE MISSED? WE DON'T LOSE FOOTBALL GAMES LIKE THAT, ESPECIALLY AT HOME. THIS IS ONE YOU'RE GOING TO REMEMBER. IT WAS A WEEK OF ANGST OVER THE CHIEFS. IT WAS ALSO A WEEK THAT SAW SIMONE Biles somersault THROUGH TOWN. THE KANSAS CITY BALLET RETURNS FOR THE FIRST TIME IN 20 MONTHS. AND AMAZON PLANS ITS FIRST KANSAS CITY STORE ON THE COUNTRY CLUB PLAZA. The renters' group KC Tenants takes over the city council chambers. They blast the mayor for breaking promises on affordable housing. The mayor could have responded. But you don't your commitment. <laughs> and get ready for some disruption and street closures this weekend as the Kansas City Marathon makes its return for the first time since 2019. Look out for the adorable and supremely fit redhead wearing a Kansas City PBS shirt. Yes, I'm running the race. All I certainly am. And my son is, too. Did you pick one of those stories, Lisa, or something completely different?
2: I will say a few weeks ago on this program, I picked the chiefs as the biggest story with this big, you know, they're going to give us the joy that we need. So I might have to walk that back a little. But but my pick this week is is the Casey tenants at City Hall. Not not that argument necessarily, but this housing trust fund for years has been what the mayor has touted as going to be a huge, huge tool in fighting Kansas City's affordable housing crisis. But still, I think it's indicative of the fact that after months of discussion about this, after protests over the summer, after the homeless camps camped out at City Hall, we have not made any significant policy change. Elected officials have yet to agree on any solutions for um, for the unhoused population, especially as winter months come. It's just a huge issue that we are stuck on right now. Eric,
5: I agree with Lisa wholeheartedly, especially the part that we're right around the corner from winter, but I had another additional uh, story that we didn't cover. On Friday's paper marks the 102nd year of the Kansas City call, being able to publish and print a newspaper. And it also uh, represents my 75th issue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say 75 the years of being editor there.
5: Editor and publisher, 75 Getting close
4: to that 100
0: I, I know it's a tough road for you every week, and congratulations. Absolutely. We appreciate Absolutely. you. Michael Mahoney.
4: Happy anniversary to the call. Uh, this story <laughs> broke on, on Thursday. Uh, the governor says that there was a hack in you know, the Department of Vec- uh, uh, Elementary and Secondary Education, and they are going to deal with it harshly. Here's the other, uh, other part of this story. The hack apparently came from a data research reporter from the Post-Dispatch it was writing a story about the vulnerability of the uh, Desi website. And uh, uh, Governor Parson is now treating this as a, as a hacker attack. This is an escalation in the uh, tough relationship between the governor and uh, some news organizations in the state of Missouri. Keep your eye on this one because it's getting hotter in Jefferson City than people would think. And Steve Kraske.
3: I picked something different uh, too, Nick. I picked the formation of a Kansas City MEDIA COLLECTIVE A GROUP OF NONPROFIT MEDIA ORGANIZATIONS uh, FOLKS SHOULD KEEP AN EYE ON THIS THIS MAY BEGIN TO LOOK AS THE YEARS PASS AS THE FUTURE OF MEDIA HERE IN KANSAS CITY
0: AND YOU AND ME AND LISA ARE ALL PART OF THAT ABSOLUTELY AND ON THAT WE WILL SAY OUR WEEK HAS BEEN REVIEWED THANK YOU TO THE CALLS ERIC Wesson AND MICHAEL MAHONEY FROM KMBC 9 NEWS AND FROM KCUR NEWS DIRECTOR uh, LISA RODRIGUEZ AN UP TO DATE HOST steve kraski before we leave you a quick preview of next week's program it's not a big national election year but that doesn't mean there aren't crucial issues being decided at the ballot box on the next week in review we're expanding to an hour to bring you two back-to-back mayoral debates voters in wyandotte county are picking a new leader plus there's a seismic shift in power taking place in johnson county should this man OR THIS MAN BE THE NEW MAYOR OF OVERLAND PARK? ALL FOUR CANDIDATES ARE HEADING TO OUR STUDIOS TO BE WITH ME IN PERSON. WOULD YOU JOIN US? FRIDAY AT 7.30 HERE ON KANSAS CITY PBS. I'M GETTING PREPARED RIGHT NOW. I'LL SEE YOU THEN. I'M NICK HAINES. FROM ALL OF US HERE, BE WELL, KEEP CALM, AND CARRY ON.